Voting, voting, voting. Welcome to episode three of Political Chaos. The voting talk this week, we had a guest on, the college voter. Val. Our first guest. Val. Our first and our first guest. Not, not our only guest. Without further ado, here's episode three, the voting talk. And thank you so much for tuning into our third episode here on Political Chaos. This week we have the voting talk. I'm Kate. I'm Lindsay. I'm Evan. And we are super excited to get into the topic this week. This week we had a lot of great comments and we're really excited to talk about voting because it is such a big topic right now. And then like we said on the blog, traditionally Republicans have tended to support higher barriers to voting and often focus on voter identification and security to protect against fraud. All the same, about half of the GOP voters back expanding voting by mail in light of the pandemic. On the left, over on the left side of things, the Democratic Party was founded on the promise of an expanded democracy. Democrats believe we must make it easier to vote rather than harder. So that's going to be a big topic as far as coronavirus and all the things that are going to affect that in voting. Obviously, mail-in voting is a big discussion right now and whether or not that's going to lead to more fraud. Yes. So I think maybe we should jump in to just voter fraud in general. Yeah, yeah, I don't really understand so, it. Does anyone know anything? Yes, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I do, but so when it comes to voter fraud, something that is definitely talked about mostly is the three ways you can tamper with a vote, and this is from PragerU, a little more right, but they talk about bloated voter rolls. So that would be, for example, in California, <laughs> example in California, more people are registered to vote than there are voting age people. And then there's ballot harvesting, which is where a third party can go and pick up people's ballots, which I think that can get a little sketchy. And then there's also voting by non-citizens, which in some states they are talking about that possibility. But I think right now the biggest issue that we're seeing with coronavirus is people nervous about voter fraud by mail. Yes. I was doing some research in heritage.org, which is a website about election integrity. They did a article called The Risk of Mail-in Voting. And one of the main issues they kind of talked about was because of the coronavirus, obviously mail-in ballots are going to be very, very predominant in this election. And mail-in ballots are the most vulnerable to being altered, stolen, or forged. They say, just look at the example going on in Patterson, New Jersey, over a recent municipal election conducted by entirely by mail. There was issues with that election. Mail-in ballots also have a higher rejection rate than votes in cast by person. Election officials apparently have reject one in five ballots for everything from signature signatures on the ballots to not matching signatures on the votes to file to ballots not complying with technical rules by absentee ballots. So I think when it comes to mail-in voting, there are some issues that cannot be fixed in person. Whereas if you're there in person, you can ask somebody like, oh, how do I do this? There's all these volunteers. But with coronavirus, people aren't going to want to stand in line, especially older people. It's a tough topic because there are so many issues with mail-in, but there also are so many risks of going to the polls during this time. What, what do they What do they do with the rejected ballots? Just throw in the trash? Like, They're how does that work? So, yeah, actually, do people get notified? So, I know a little bit about this. I worked as a field director during the last midterm election in 2018. And what we did during the election 
for because in Colorado, obviously you can you can mail in ballots. That's part of it. So how it worked was since I was working for the Republican Party, when our registered Republicans ballot was cast and it was incorrect, we got notified of that Mm -hmm. and we were given their information and we called them and said hi like this is wrong you need to go to the city office now that was just for like a local election so it's a little easier because that's just in the county so we were just looking at Larimer County so I think that but what if you can't like go fix it like what like do you have just till the end of the day are they like okay you have till the end of election so that was kind of like part of the issue was there was like a lot of people where I would call them and they would be like uh what do I do and you're supposed to go to the city clerk's office. That's probably not going to be an option right now. So I think that's yeah. like a hard part of all of this is what to, because I, I do think as far as mail-in ballots, like all we hear about is fraud, 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 fraud. But no one really talks about the fact that like people send in incorrect mail-in ballots all the time and those can't be counted. Yeah. And like, what do you do then? Because they don't. Well, I mean, that's kind of, with, that's kind of fraud people, in a way. Yeah, exactly. But, like, mean, when people, yeah. but it's not fraud, when fraud. Pe- yeah. When people are told they have to there's like a problem with it do you think like everyone automatically like goes and fixes it or do you think people like I don't know I feel like some people would just be like ah who cares yeah, yeah. and I think especially since it was just a, when I was doing it, it was in a midterm election and I mean already 40% of people vote in midterm elections <laughs> I think a lot of people just oh my god oh, god. Dying? oh, oh my god corona Lindsay oh god <laughs> I remember I probably called like 200 people, maybe a little less than that. And and I just left messages because no one answered. And I would and one yes. or two people called back and were like, what do I do? What do I do? Yeah. 198 people that were just like, yeah, whatever. So, yeah, who cares? I tried. Can you get it fixed in time? Like, is that even possible? Yeah, that's a whole nother mess. Exactly. Yeah. And you can. But again, then you you have to go to where that ballot is. And the whole issue of doing this mail-in ballot is to reduce contact. And And people have busy schedules. That's the other part of it. So people already have busy schedules. They're not going to go in to fix it. It just creates more work. That's another thing. I've always wondered, like, why election day isn't a holiday. So people who are busy or whatever have something going on can't get off work, then it just makes it even harder for them to vote if they can't just mail it in because you can't go to the polls. Do you guys think that election day should be a holiday? Why not? I think it should. I mean, yeah. I mean... (laughs) I, I would like Especially that. because the U.S. is like, you know, built on democracy about everyone being involved, everyone participating, the people, the people's vote. And then some people can't get to the polls the day of. So why yeah. not give people the opportunity off, you know, off work, whatever, to go cast their vote? Yeah, I think definitely. some companies, I think I saw like, it's kind of sad. I mean, it's good. But like Walmart and I think, I don't know who it was off to fact check this. Like they announced that they're giving their employees like two hours off or they're like, whatever, you have to, you can come in late or they're giving them time during the day during their shift to go vote it's like it should just be a given you should just already yeah, have yeah. the time to go do it you shouldn't have to sneak away just because you have to work but i don't know mm-hmm. i mean i personally think that it should be a holiday and that legally you should have to vote i yeah. think that that's yeah. how it should well, work there's countries that do that i was looking that up earlier i think there's a few countries that australia if you're of age you legally yeah. have to cast about it yeah i think you should i think it should be i, do too. I totally you know we talk about oh it's going to be so fraudulent but well i mean 60 percent of people end up voting literally there's 40 percent of the population that doesn't even cast a vote yeah this, this business insider article says 56 percent of the estimated voting age population voted in 2016 so yeah. like a little over half of people who can vote vote that's crazy to me so when donald trump is like this is going to be the most inaccurate election i'm like 
every election is inaccurate. We we never have gotten the full span of what people want because yeah. we're getting like half the picture there. And then that kind of gets into voter suppression, which is yeah. our other thing we wanted to talk about. Which is um, a whole nother mess of states, you know, going out of their way or groups going out of their way to make certain um, groups of people. Demographics. Yeah. Certain demographics making it very difficult for them to vote. This article on the ACLU.org says suppression efforts range from the seemingly unobstructive like voter ID laws and cuts to early voting to mass purges of voter rolls and systemic disenfranchisement. So obviously this is a huge issue because there's a lot of effort going in to make sure they don't have the opportunity to go, to go vote. One big example of this is felony conviction can like prevent someone from voting. So even after they're released from jail for like a nonviolent offense, because you can get a felony for a lot of stuff. And then by state, sometimes you're not even allowed to vote even after being out of prison for years and years. So that's just one good example of how they put these barriers for people to not cast their vote yeah. and let their voice be heard. I think there was also something we talked about, about um, like busing. I mean, mm. there was something you were saying. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I think my mom, very knowledgeable. <laughs> she said, I think it was in Georgia. Georgia, There's. I think this happens in every state, but there's states where groups will be like, oh, we'll like pick you up and drive you to the poll, things like that. Because, you know, they don't put polls in certain neighborhoods. And I guess Georgia's stepping in to make like that illegal. So these people who aren't even near a polling station can't get themselves to the polls, don't even have that option. So yet another barrier to just make sure these people stay home and don't come out on election day. Yeah, yeah but that, that but can so, get a little dicey with that whole yeah. thing. So I guess, but I, if you don't have a car, like, can't you just get a ride or no, that's illegal? Yeah, yeah I mean, that's I, I think that part of it is more just the bias of all of it that there can be there. Yeah. Like when I lived in Argentina, which I lived there for three years, they had a thing where like the presidential candidate would go into the literal slums and they would bring the people to the to the polls and be like, I will provide your family with a meal and I'll provide your family with some kids with some toys and all of this food. If you go to the polls, we'll drive you there if you vote for me. And so they went, obviously. And Wait, this it. was in Argentina? Yeah. Okay. So like that's where the driving thing could get a little dicey where like, I guess, I guess what may Maybe that's why they're saying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's true, I, though. I can see how that's a word. It is, like, providing a service for someone. Because that's the thing that's hard is, like, even when you're talking about, like, the whole ballot harvesting thing and these third parties getting involved, they're always somehow related to a party. They're trying to encourage They could certain... be pushing their own agenda exactly. on the way there. I would say most people have their minds made up or close to by now. Like, what is some guy driving his minivan going to change your opinion <laughs> I mean, 10 I minutes could before say, you vote? I could say I'm going into this election completely not knowing who who I yet, who I want yet. And so maybe for me. Yeah, true. (laughs) I mean, they're, but that's true though. Evan, if someone has their mind made up, really trying to sway their vote the other way is going to make them be like, yeah, Yeah. screw you. I'm definitely going to understand. My thing with the voter suppression is in the last four years, voting rates are up a lot. And it is obvious that more and more people are able to participate in elections. We should be making it easier for people to vote. I just don't think there's this grand scheme to be suppressing people's votes. The same for voter fraud. I think it's the same for voter suppression. I think that these are kind of just used to be like, well, if this doesn't work out, like if for Democrats, well, if we didn't win, it's because of voter suppression for Republicans. Oh, if we didn't win, it's because of voter fraud. Like it's, it's, I just think it's more of just coming up with these excuses to be like, this is why this didn't happen. It wasn't our fault. Do you agree? I mean, mean, yeah, maybe, but I would say in certain places, there's like a lot of numbers backing the fact that people are just honestly just screwed out of uh, voting. This same ACLU article that I was reading earlier, these are just some 
some general facts that they list and it said 70% of Georgia voters purged in 2018 were black. So again, a minority group. And then not even just by race, but this says one third of voters who have a disability report difficulty voting. Only 40% of polling places fully accommodate people with disabilities. And this says six in 10 college students come from out of state in New Hampshire. The state then tried to block residents with out of state driver's license. So even if you're away at college, you can't vote. Like little things like that. And that I think just really adds up across the country. I totally feel that. It's true. And I don't disagree with that. Like, I do think that in those cases, it should be easier to vote. We shouldn't be trying to prevent anyone from voting. I think that's messed up. But I do think that there's like some instances like I think the whole argument of you have to present a valid ID or else you can't vote and then they're like well that's voter support I'm like are you serious you should have to present I mean, a valid ID you to could vote. be a Russian spy headed to the polls I, I like, just yeah. think the idea was just like it's voter suppression to make someone show an ID that to show that they prove that they're who they say they are or anything it's like that's not voter yeah. suppression that's just yeah. normal clerical work you have to have an ID to get a bank account to do a lot of, things, do a lot yeah. of things I mean I yeah, the ID thing, that's a little sus to me because how else would you, how, that, they talk about voter fraud. Let's talk, that's literally how <laughs> to prevent voter fraud, fraud 101. Because you see that too. The fact that some states even make you show an ID, oh my gosh, so ridiculous. I'm like, huh? Where are we going to draw this line? Like, I think that drawing the line at you yeah. to at least show an ID, that's pretty reasonable. Well, it, so you can, you can remove all these barriers and stuff, but then it still comes down to people like actually voting. Exactly. Like we said earlier, like what, half the population voted, like young people just forgot to vote in 2016 it's like that like you have to you know you can move these barriers but people have to still go out and do it and obviously they didn't in 2016 so hopefully it's different this election we're counting on the young people in this election the ones who can go out the ones who i mean obviously we want everybody to vote but it's really going to be like the younger people who feel safer to go out Mm -hmm. they need to vote and wait in the polls for seven hours in certain places and i think that encouraging like encouraging the vote is a good segue into our special guest alert. <laughs> we have a guest this our week, first our guest. first guest ever. So we're very excited about Valerie from the College Voter. Valerie, do you just want to real quick give everyone a spiel about what your organization's all about and what you do? Yeah. Hey guys, my name is Val. I am the founder of the College Voter, a nonprofit organization which works to bring different opinions together in a conversation. Quick and simple. Yeah, that's great. Similar to what we're doing here. So this week we talked about voting. Would you say that your organization, is it more connecting people, working to like get people out to vote? Is that sort of a goal right now, just with the election going on? Right now, I'm happy to say we focus on a variety of things to make us more informed voters. So we do have voter registration on our website. We do events for debates with either elected officials or connecting college groups to one another. We do daily articles about international news and domestic news. And we also do outreach, me and my board. We go to other groups and we speak about the importance of voting and how we can all get more civically involved. Nice. Awesome. How long have you been doing this? We started on June 22nd of 2020. And oh my gosh, have, so soon. And I believe we have 10 events planned for the semester. Nice. What are some of the events? Yeah, We're calling one of them Covington Conversations. We spoke to the state representatives of Georgia and they're going to join 
continuing our debate with local members of the community, both at Emory Oxford College, Emory University, and the other colleges around. Then we're doing a high school panel next week, actually, with students in Missouri, I believe. And then we're doing another elected officials event, also in St. Louis. It's it's fun. I'm really excited and looking forward to all these events Mm, coming through. That's awesome. What made you personally, I guess, want to start something like this or what caught your attention to realize that you should step in and kind of be a a part of this? I was a junior when the 2016 election occurred. And I remember asking people, expressing their political opinions through clothing, why they supported their candidate. And seeing the difference in, I guess, reaction that I received made me wonder why the first stance was to always be more aggressive rather than be conversational. Mm -hmm. Making everyone feel welcome to the conversation rather than feeling attacked is my main goal. And especially in a politically charged environment we're at today, that needs to be emphasized. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, um, not definitely. Being, like, being more conversational and inviting everyone to participate. That's kind of what we're all yeah. about. Yeah, so we have a similar goal. One of the big questions we have, what would you say or what do you think the biggest issue is when it comes to just voting in general in the United States? Like some of the barriers or some of the issues or I guess what makes it so important? I think that there's so many resources and I believe it's a to our advantage, but also to our disadvantage as citizens. Mm -hmm. Because when so much information is thrown at you, you can feel easily overwhelmed. And especially with the media attention, emphasizing all of the, I guess it creates like a busyness around elections and people don't want to partake Mm -hmm. in that because it's news that gets shoved down their throat. And because Mm -hmm. of that, people don't focus on their local elections where it actually matters more and it creates the cycle of oh maybe i'll vote once every four years but my vote really doesn't count because the president gets elected anyways Mm -hmm. and the disregard of all other elections comes up to deficit of their communities Mm -hmm. that's interesting that so you you kind of believe there should be more of a focus on local elections yeah i mean they're the ones who choose how much funding we get for our public education systems. No, I agree. They're the ones who appoint the chief of police. They're the ones who have more of a say in our day-to-day lives. Yeah. We view them as like lesser politicians or definitely like not really necessary to look into. Yeah. Definitely. I worked during the midterm election as a field director. I talked about that earlier and I definitely saw just, I mean, midterm elections get, I think 40% of people into voting on them. And it's crazy because I was seeing all these people that were about to be elected. And I was like, does, does no one realize how much it really does matter for them to be involved in this? Because like this person is probably going to have more influence on you than who we vote for in the national elections. So I do think that's a really good thing to be focusing more on local. I think also just as far as local election goes, and then we were talking about, obviously right now, big conversation is voter fraud and voter suppression. Do you think that we were saying kind of that we feel like it's almost more relevant for the smaller elections since voter fraud and voter suppression can be like a huge difference when, you know, the amount of people voting is so much smaller. Do you think that is something that's as big of an issue as people are saying it is? Do you think it gets kind of over? What do you think about that? I think it depends on where you're located. Mm -hmm. Especially voter fraud is a federal crime and you can face years in federal prison. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that there are people out there who believe voter fraud is happening on a daily basis Mm -hmm. is absurd to me. There is, it's, it's not, it's simply not. And 
What I have issue with is people thinking a mail-in ballot would increase voter fraud. Because Mm -hmm. though, yes, like there are instances in which you can and it would not be caught. The approach to then saying, well, all mail-in ballot voting should be abolished or it should be defunded is more concerning than anything. Yeah. So... I think that the two of them being intertwined is causing way more damage than good. But in terms of voter suppression, so I'm a I'm a student in Georgia mm-hmm. and our secretary of state, the person who controlled the elections was also running for governor at the time. And there were instances mm. of Georgia voter suppression and like I, what like for example, my friend who was registered in Georgia had all the right paperwork was not allowed to vote. And she was a person of color. Yet when we went to the voting station at the same time, they treated us vastly different. Does that speak to voter suppression? Does it speak to systemic racism? I couldn't tell you. But the stories I've heard Mm -hmm. of voter suppression occurring near college campuses in swing states is alarming. Like in New Hampshire, they created a new policy that limits the amount of Dartmouth students able to vote in New Hampshire. Wow. That's a huge swing state. States are having more restrictions and it seems to be targeting college students more because they don't want their state to turn. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. And I think even when we were talking, it's interesting that you're located in Georgia and go to school there because when we were talking about voter suppression, a lot of the examples that we had were all Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Like... It was about like yeah. busing people to the polls who live farther away. There, there, there was yeah. like they're making that illegal. So that we thought yeah. that was interesting, but that was in Georgia. That example was in Georgia. Even recently in the primaries, they closed down the polling stations in Atlanta, which is majority African American community, yet kept all the suburbs open, which is predominantly white community. Yeah, and Gosh. if you look at trends of race and how they vote, one could question: Did the governor, a notable conservative, do that purposely? Yeah. Or did he do that because of concerns with COVID, <laughs> even though he opened up the entire state in late March? Yeah. So, yeah. Things aren't adding up. <laughs> no. That seems a little, little sus. sus. Yeah. Little yeah. sus. Yeah. Little sus on me. <laughs> Um, okay. I have, I have a question cause I'm really curious about this. What do you think about, we talked about this earlier. What do you think about, um, election day being like a federal holiday? Would that make things easier? Is that worth it? Do you think that's something we should look into in the future? Definitely. I have two exams on election day that I'm trying to get moved on this oh my gosh. because without n- notifying that election day, even if we can't get local elections to be important right now, that's a long ways to mm-hmm. go. We can at least get national elections to be on the forefront of everyone's minds by giving people a day off to exercise their rights to vote. Do you think it should be a law? Like like you have to vote? No, because we have the rights to vote. I've been asked this question before, and the second you make it a law, it also could mean criminalizing not voting. Yeah. And people still have the right to choose to vote or mm-hmm. not. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, I think it's just because I'm kind of for being... I, I 
I don't think it should be like you should be extremely penalized for not voting. But I do think that we have such an issue with just people not voting. I mean, in midterms, for around 40% of people vote for national elections around, I think it's like 60 at like is on the higher end of how many people are voting. And I think that's like a big issue. And because we're obviously we're not getting the full spectrum of what people actually think. And I guess my maybe a question that I have for you is how do you think we could help change that? I think it's going to come down to the collaboration between different types of businesses. Mm -hmm. It's really going to have to be and maybe there's like an economic way this could happen. But if McDonald's, for example, asked you, are you registered to vote mm -hmm. when you picked up a meal? That would target a whole other population that may not be keen into voting days. That's interesting. Or yeah. if or if like Walmart, everyone goes to Walmart. If Walmart said, Oh, and you can register to vote outside of our store. Like we have a polling place outside of our store. Everyone who comes into Walmart could maybe get a discount on their groceries or on their purchases yeah. if they showed the sticker that said, I voted. Yeah, that's a good idea. I never really thought about that, using like a like a business, a non-political like group to kind of give more of an incentive in that way. Yeah, it's, it, I doubt that it could ever be accomplished with just social media. Or with just friends telling you to vote. Or with or just college campuses yeah, being like... It, it has to be everyone involved in order for more attention to go to it. No, mm -hmm. I love that. That's a really great idea. That's really awesome. Kind of segueing into that, I guess, when it comes to making your vote count. What do you think about people who vote for an independent candidate? Do you think that like, because I've been seeing things like a vote for the Green Party is a vote for Trump. A vote for an independent party is a vote for Trump, which I don't know what to think about that. Like, I guess, what would you think about? Do you think it affects the process in a negative way? Do you think it's still a vote to vote? What do you, what's your thought? Like when someone like Kanye is like, I'm going to run for office. Like, do you think that does <laughs> probably more harm than good? Well, Kanye has, I believe, mental health issues. Yeah, well, that there's that. <laughs> caused him to have like a manic episode Literally. in terms of running for president. If he wanted to run for president and he wanted to do it under a Republican or Democrat party and go through all the processes, I mean, nothing's really stopping him. Mm -hmm. Like if you do it the right way. Do you think he passed a mental like, no, <laughs> I mean, do you think anyone in our current election could pass the mental? <laughs> no. Examination no. without cheating? No. Or say it's easy. There was an I elephant. I mean, they did, they did that. I know what an elephant yeah. is. It's an Alzheimer's test, I thought. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean, after you watch that video of him, I think oh, that God. was like his one yeah. little, like, I don't even know what you can call that, but it was it's like, so oh my God. Like, that was crazy. <laughs> but um, <laughs> do you, like, what do you think about people who choose to vote for an independent candidate? I struggle with this because Me too. inherently I want to say, you vote for who you want to vote. That is your choice and your right. However, given our current system, we have to recognize that we are in a bipartisan system. It is either Republican or it is a Democrat. Yeah. And it pains me to say that because I wish we could have a multi-party system. Mm -hmm. I wish that there were more options so we didn't have to settle for one mm -hmm. candidate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. However, given our current political climate, we have to come to terms with reality and say that we have to vote 
given our most likely options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think these those independent parties or smaller candidates, like, could that ever change? Do you think our country could shift to giving them, I guess, the light of day, giving them a chance in the election ever? <laughs> Oof. I, that's yeah. hard. Yeah. I mean, I look at a system like Italy where they have so many candidates that they could never choose. They have the opposite problem of us. Yeah. They can too never many. narrow their choices. Mm-hmm. But for us, we can never broaden our choices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, both countries have tried for yeah. years, yet unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. So I, it pains me. It like it really hurts me because I don't think that anytime soon that will be the case unless something drastic happens. Yeah, and I think that that's sort of for me where I think a system like ranked choice voting is something I really agree with. So that would be where if you choose to vote for an independent candidate, you like rank them. So they would be like your number one and then your number two, you could vote for Joe Biden. So then if your number one candidate... It's like sorority recruitment. (laughs) Yeah, literally. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't get your first one, if you don't get your first choice, you get your second choice. And that, but still your vote still counts. So I think it's not throwing away a vote. I guess my whole thing though with voting for an independent candidate is I think it's a good idea. Like, I think that, yes, in a way, is it throwing away your vote? Kind of. But I also think that the more and more people... I mean, it's still a vote. It's better than someone... Yeah. What I think it's... Do you think it's better than someone sitting white? I think that the more and more we see, like, that independent candidates are getting more and more votes, like, last, like, last, uh, in 2016, you know, that, that Green Party, I don't know what his name was, but he got... Gary Gary Johnson. 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 See, the fact that we knew who his name was... He, like, got a lot of votes, and I think that, like, even though right now it feels like we're throwing away a vote, I think that the way that we move towards it is more so by encouraging people to do that, because I think that you're able to see those numbers and you're able to see independent candidates are moving forward, and, like, that's what people want. I think more people want a more moderate candidate, and that's why I think it's important, because I think that people pay attention to those numbers and are able to see, like, wait a second, like, last year an independent candidate got 3% of the vote, but this year they got 10. Seeing that increase is important to, like, getting people to know, like, there is a chance, and I think, like, that's my... I'm just, like, really... I don't agree with the two-party system. I think it's a big issue that... I just don't like the George Washington. Yeah. So then how do you comment though on the fact that people see our current politicians becoming more extreme? So it's like Bernie, for example, is one of a more he's a progressive Democrat, Mm -hmm. that he was very close to winning the Democrat nomination. Yeah. And then we see Trump have more conservative rhetoric as time has gone on and people seem to be they seem to be liking that more within his own fan base yeah yeah i think that something that i just haven't agreed with in the way that we've chosen our candidates for 2020 is i mean i don't necessarily think that bernie sanders is for me a good example of this but like a candidate like andrew yang tulsi gabbard i thought they were very good more moderate candidates but i think the democratic party decided to fight fire with fire and choose their most democratic candidate to go against the most republican candidate and i think that's sort of what we need to sway away from more is thinking that an extreme like we need an extreme left to fight the extreme right and i'm just like i don't think that the majority of people even fall in the extreme area i mean let me ask you this what do you think would have happened if say the democratic party picked a tulsi or picked a andrew yang do you think that they would have had a chance against trump in your opinion yeah i mean i do i think that what the democrats the vocal democrats i feel like i have to signify between the two because 
most people that I know personally are moderate mm-hmm. Democrats. Yeah. Yet they are less vocal in politics. Mm-hmm. And I feel that way my, about moderate Republicans as well. Yeah. Then my friends who are progressive liberals or my friends who are very conservative Republicans. And those who are in the middle between the moderate Republicans and the moderate Democrats feel like we have to decide our parties. Mm-hmm. But because our vocal members are like, we have to go extreme mm-hmm. or we will not win, it has turned this election more into a winning losing mindset. Exactly. I'm doing this to represent the people. Yeah. And I'm doing this for the right intention. That's so true. That was the hard part for me with just this election is like, I saw some candidates that I was like, I was ready to vote for a moderate Democrat candidate. I know a lot of more moderate Republicans that were like, if Tulsi Gabbard or Andrew Yang gets put up, I will vote for them. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah, same. And I think that that's just sort of the, dis- like, that was just for me, something that was kind of disappointing is I was just like, once again, the loudest voices are what we listen to. And I just think that in our country, we need to kind of sway away from that. Whoever is screaming the loudest is who gets their way because most of the people who are just sitting there like really i don't really think that do you know when the last time our political parties changed i i think it was after the civil mm-hmm. war yeah oh, you're right. so we're pretty much due for a change yeah, yeah, yeah. i agree like that, that sounds about right and i think that change is going to be independent part candidates yeah i think it's going to be an end i hope i yeah. mean if it could happen in the 20 20- after 2020 then that would be great <laughs> But I just feel we'll like, see. I don't know if I you know. guys feel this way, but I just feel like yet again, we're in the same situation that we were last year or last election. It's like, oh, I, just, I disagree with that. You disagree. I inherently disagree with that. Why? Because Hillary Clinton had a huge media attack on her because of the emails. Mm-hmm. And maybe yeah. an October surprise will occur. It's not October yet. But meaning meaning so an October surprise is when the polls favor one candidate much more than the other, but something happens to turn the election mm-hmm. over. In last year October, it was Hillary's emails. In Obama's term, one October it was the Ebola crisis mm-hmm. and how he responded to it actually increased his numbers. There's a huge study on it actually about which October surprises and how candidates respond to them. Um, sway an election. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think this year our October surprise is going to be watching Donald Trump and Joe Biden debate. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm sorry, oh, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're fine. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. no that's we love that's it. really good point. No, I I was just saying what I mean by that is just like personally for me, last election I was very kind of torn between the two options. There was no really for me like this is a good option. Like I yeah. didn't really feel great about there either. There was of the no options. one that you were like hell yeah. Yeah, and I feel like again here we are again where I feel terribly about Donald Trump and I don't really know what yeah. I think about Joe Biden. I mean, I have opinions on him, but I would like to see him debate. And so yeah, I just, same. I don't know. It's very, you know, it's just like very interesting to me. And that's how I feel. That's what I meant by saying, Oh, here we are again, because last election I was like, maybe next year I'll feel really good about somebody and I'll, you know, I can yeah. go into the polls with confidence. And this year I, guess I still just have to wait till October. Well, to it see was like the last election. Yeah. It was like, it was yeah. a lot of people were saying, you know, I have to, I don't like either of them, but I'll like choose the lesser of two evils kind of thing. Or yeah. I don't yes. know. I'm not a hundred percent sure. People are already saying that again. People are already saying yeah, that again. Settle yeah. for Biden. Yeah. That's exactly. the whole phrase is settle uh, for Biden. And even, but that's why I then question about the vice presidential candidates. And because he tried to bring that energy to the people by electing a 
female person of color to run with him, mm-hmm. run alongside him. But it hasn't generated as much energy as I think that he anticipated. Yeah. Which is, and I don't even think, and is Trump, Trump is still running with Pence, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we know that the energy is stagnant on that end. Yeah. It's not like people are really running up to the polls that are new voters or people who are on the fence mm-hmm. saying, well, like, I'm so energetic about this because even if I don't like Trump, look at his vice presidential candidate, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. I do think that people thought that was what the the wave with Kamala being chosen was going to be like, oh my gosh. And I def- I don't think I really saw that also. I agree with that. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. There was definitely a lot of hype, hype, hype. And then he picks it, and then it's just, you know, there wasn't as much noise. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, it definitely as much as we expected it to be. But, you yeah. know, I I just, it's such a weird time right now. I mean, watching these, like, I think they're going to do debates with, what, no crowd? It's just going to be, yeah. like, super, yeah. it's we're in no such, crowd. like, a weird in-between time right now. It's crazy. I wonder if they'll be required to wear masks. Yeah. I'm sure. Trump will wear a mask. <laughs> we'll he won't. He'll make a statement. He won't. So I think this is a good place to kind of wrap it up. Like, is there anything you really want to promote or say maybe, or, or just like one, one, I guess one general like message. I would urge everyone to have these conversations with their friends and with their families and with people they know they disagree with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you do, hopefully when you do be approach the situation with a kind heart and don't go into it thinking that you're going to win or you're going to lose, go into the conversation, looking to learn more, looking to hear other perspectives mm-hmm. and yeah. broadening your own knowledge to make you a more informed voter because someone else might bring up a point that you never thought of and say, Oh, maybe this, like, this gives me more information about how I'm voting. Yeah. Yeah, and so register true. your friends to vote. Yes. <laughs> Get people like, to register vote. Register your friends to vote. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Valerie, thank you so much for being on here. Yeah, that was really that great. That was great. We loved having you on and having a nice conversation about voting. And if you want to, real quick, just tell people where they can find you. You guys can find me on at the college voter on Instagram, or you can check out our website at www.thecollegevoter.org. Awesome. Thank Perfect. you. Thank you. Well, thank Thank you so much for being on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Bye. All right. Well, thanks for listening to our third episode. We made it to three. Surprise, surprise. Um, (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) No, not surprise. But one last message um, I have is uh, come November, take your ass or to the polls or mail it in, whatever you got to do. But just please vote because I think it's really important. I think we all agree on that. Yeah, vote, vote, vote. Yeah, vote. And thank you so much for listening. If you want to be informed on when political chaos is posting blogs and podcasts head over to our instagram it's just at political chaos and you can stay informed of when things are going to be coming out you can head over to our website at www.polychaos.com and yeah so thank you so much for listening and we hope to see you next week go vote go vote